everyone, and welcome to Gentler. This is a podcast about post-grad life, adulthood, and most importantly, self-care. Here we take a practical approach to self-care and gratitude and discuss ways to use them as tools to make life more fulfilling. I'm Maya Fleming, a regular girl who felt cheated after graduating college and decided I deserve more out of life. So I started this podcast to document my journey to becoming that girl and to do it along with you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Gentler. I'm Maya, and I, as always, am so happy to be chatting with all of y'all. Um, it's been nice getting back on the podcast routine. It's been really fun. I still have other goals for Gentler as far as the sound and all that stuff goes, but honestly, um, it's progress over perfection over here. I had to learn a huge lesson in recognizing what I am actually realistically capable of doing at this moment, and that, you know... It was a reckoning, but a necessary one. So let's get into the episode. I put up a post on Instagram last week about financial self-care. I forget the exact topic, but I I remember asking um, if you all wanted a full episode on it. And I got multiple requests to a full episode. So here we are. As y'all know, money is a big part of my self-care framework. And with Gentler, that was kind of like, the core of what we did here, financial self-care, because for me, money and self-care, they just go hand in hand. A lot of us have money anxieties, and lately I've been seeing it come up a lot, um, in particular with the videos, like with, I, as y'all know, Ginger is, you know, with her collar making noise, but um, the TikToker, the, the salmon girl, Emily Mariko, I think is her last name. I don't know how to pronounce it. I should have checked that before doing this, but with her videos, other that girl videos, um, luxury black girl TikTok, all of these different niches where they do like the daily vlogs, um, I've been seeing a lot of comments that are kind of like, well, you have a lot of money, so this isn't realistic, or you you work this kind of job, so I can't do this, and like things like that, showing ways that money is causing us to create these obstacles in our head. And don't get me wrong, money does cause obstacles. That's why it's such a big deal about for my self-care. But I'm seeing it a lot and it manifesting in different ways lately. And it makes sense, right? Because we've been in a pandemic. Um, a lot of us have been facing job insecurity and instability, all these types of things. So it makes total sense. Even aside from COVID times, though, like self-care and money have been joined at the hip for me because there is a price tag attached to our self-care. Our ideal selves and lives cost something. Um, It's hard to self-care your way through a financial pickle, um, or at least it feels that way. For me, that is how you get through a financial pickle. And when I say self-care your way through, I don't mean face masks and bubble baths, as y'all know. If you've listened to Gentler for any amount of time, you know that about this show. That is not what this is about. But, you know, it's hard to kind of see, what is it, the forest for the trees? Is that how you say it? Ooh, yikes. Someone someone DM me and tell me how to, how to actually say that saying. But, you know, that's that's my whole my whole thing. And I just put up a poll on my Instagram stories for Gentler asking if you all knew how much your dream lives actually cost each month. And the vast majority of you don't. And that's fine. You know, that's not just a, a figure that you have on top of your head. I know how much my dream life would cost, but that's because I've been doing this work and since doing it, having that number has really helped to make my dream life feel more realistic. It brings it down to earth. That's why money 
and financial self-care are so important to me because they play such a huge element that we would often much rather ignore. So all of us have a money story and, you know, good or bad, we grew up with some kind of relationship with money. And I will say, whether you think your relationship with money was bad or not, there were pros and cons to it. And you know what? I won't even say pros and cons because I think that's a messy way of putting it. You gained skills, but you also had disadvantages, most likely. I can't think of a, a single like type of money framing that is all good or just comes with absolutely no skills. They come with both from what I've seen. So you might have grown up with money being a huge stressor. Maybe you saw your parents fight a lot about money. Maybe there's just a lot of financial insecurity. Maybe you had to stay behind from field trips or you got made fun of for not having the nicest shoes or your parents were like extremely frugal and they they pushed that onto you. Uh, maybe your family just didn't talk about money because it was tacky and it wasn't polite to, to discuss finances and all of that. So you never heard your parents talk about money. You never had any concept of, of finances just because they didn't believe in sharing that information. Or maybe your family just didn't deal with any kind of financial insecurity or instability. And so money just didn't really come up for you because it wasn't really an issue. It wasn't really a problem. Um, so we all have some type of experience with money. And those experiences all manifest in a variety of ways that inform the way that we behave with money now and the relationships that we have with money now. So if you grew up with money being a huge stressor or with money being tight growing up, then you might be really good at budgeting. You might be able to find a deal. You might be frugal and be able to say, you know what? I don't pay full price for anything. However, you might also, and, and know that I'm saying might in all these because I don't know your story. I cannot speak with certainty on that, but these are things that come up commonly. Um, with those skills, you might also have a lot of insecurity around money. You might have this idea, whether it's explicit or implicit, that there's never enough money or that money is hard to come by. They have to work really, really hard in order to get by um, or that you could always just lose everything that you have. If you grew up with money not really being an issue, you might not have those negative feelings and experiences around money, but you also might not have any idea on how to actually manage it intentionally. You might be used to just kind of being able to have whatever you want, so you're used to money going wherever you want it to in the moment, but maybe not intentionally in areas that uh, will matter in the long term for you. So now that you're independent and using your own money, maybe maybe that your pockets aren't as unlimited as your parents' pockets seemed. And you're probably realizing that your parents' pockets most likely weren't actually unlimited. They just felt that way. Um, and if your family never spoke about money at all because it was tacky, you might have been able to avoid some sticky situations with money, but you also might have trouble advocating for yourself financially. You know, when it comes to asking for a raise or if you're an entrepreneur, uh, you know, getting sales or selling products, it might be difficult for you because you are not used to talking about money and feeling good about it. So as you can see, there are skills and disadvantages that come with any financial experience. And with, with that little, except I haven't even like scratched the surface, there's always more to discover about your relationship with money. For me, gratitude is recognizing both sides of that coin and in recognizing them with love and finding a happy medium, saying, you know, while I didn't love every experience that came with money, I'm glad I got this. And I'm able to improve in the areas that I'm not so proud of right now. 
The most important thing with financial self-care is being able to rewrite your negative money story into a more positive or a more constructive one, if you will. And whatever areas that we feel deficient, um, whichever areas don't feel goal aligned, we have to fill them in with a more goal aligned truth. And that means when you have a thought about money that doesn't really fit with the life you're trying to build, you can catch it and replace it with one that does. So this seems like a good moment to redefine financial self-care. If you're new here, financial self-care is any action that we take that brings us closer to our ideal money state. Your ideal money state is the space you'd like to be in with your money. This is different for everyone, but there are probably, you know, there's probably like some common ground for most of us. For me, I want to be financially prepared for emergencies and surprises, but also have enough to live my day-to-day to the fullest. I don't want to be in fear of money. And I will say it's important for me and I think important for you too to have specifics. Like I said, knowing how much your dream life costs, knowing the actual like numerical values that go along with your ideal money state. So when I say be be financially prepared, knowing the number that would make you feel financially prepared and working towards that. I won't get into all the specifics in this episode and I'll just leave it there. But just know that when I say that, I have an actual number in mind. They're, I'm very specific with my ideal money state. Specificity is self-care for me. And honestly, I'm super surprised I was able to pronounce uh, specific. Ooh, wow. Okay. Can't go for it twice. That's fine. Um, so to reiterate, we want the things that we believe about money and the ways that we act towards money to align with the ideal money state that we're trying to build. So how do we rewrite our money story? First, you have to be super aware of your current money story. You have to be super aware of your relationship with money and how you actually feel about it um, and, and be able to think about it in a nuanced way and notice the complexities. For example, if I say, you know, you shouldn't think money is bad, you probably, you probably are listening to me and thinking, well, of course I don't think money is bad. I would love to have money. But if you've had negative experiences with money and thinking about money kind of makes, you know, the, the hair on the back of your neck stand up a little bit, you might somewhere at the root be thinking money is bad. Money is a topic that causes negative feelings and that's not productive. Um, so, you know, think about questions like, did you see your parents fight about money or how did they act about money in general? Um, do you think money is stressful? Do you think it's hard to save money? Do you think you have to work a lot to make money? Um, do you think it's bad to have a lot of money? How do you think and feel about people who have money? Um, do you throw money at things that you don't actually value and that they just you know take up space? Do you believe that money is the root of all evil? Those are questions that lead to great indicators of your money story. And I am not here with the answers to those questions. That's not my purpose here in this episode. The, the point is for you to identify how you feel and where you fall on that spectrum. So like I said, there are a million different things. I would honestly just sit with a blank page of paper. Um, or if you aren't great with journaling, and sometimes I'm not great with like actually like writing journaling. So I will record myself kind of like thinking through a thought process or speaking through a thought process rather. So you can do that too. That's an option. And just get out as much word vomit as you can so that you can kind of find a thread um, that, that makes sense about how you might feel about money. So 
think about, you know, next, think about your ideal money story. Many of the phrases that you'll come up with here can also serve as affirmations. For example, some of the things I've told myself um, in the past, whenever I've been trying to rewrite and rebuild my money story, are things like, I always have enough money. Um, My bank account or my savings account is growing. I spend money on things that matter to me. Now, something I want you to notice here, I don't lie to myself. I don't tell myself lies. I don't say things like, I'm a millionaire. Because in my opinion, blatantly untrue statements, however well-intentioned, they just reinforce your negative money beliefs. If you struggle to keep $20 in your bank account, which at one point in time, I definitely did. Not only did I struggle to keep $20 in my bank account, I struggled to keep my bank account like in the positive. And this is post-grad Maya, who is struggling to avoid overdraft fees. So me saying I'm a millionaire in those moments would just make me think about the fact that like, okay, not only am I not a millionaire, I have negative a, a negative dollar and 52 cents in my account right now. And I can't afford a pack of ramen noodles. And that just makes me feel even more discouraged, even more overwhelmed, because now the question isn't how am I going to make it to the end of the month, but how am I going to make a million dollars from this? You know, it's just, it's kind of unnecessary. It's one of those, you got to crawl before you can walk situations. So instead, I say something like, my bank account is growing, or money comes to me every day, because those things are true, especially when I start to challenge the way that I view and relate to money. I started doing things like um, way back in the day, we had gentler journaling. I would take on odd jobs. I was a a virtual assistant for a while. Um, I would do web design. So every day I was receiving money in some kind of quantity. So then I started challenging the belief that it was hard to get money because I was showing myself that's not necessarily true. Maybe the issue is that I find it hard to keep money or that I think there's never enough money. So I, I spend it a little bit flippantly, you know? you start to uncover what actually is the problem there. But it's more than just telling yourself certain things. You know, you have to believe, or sorry, (laughs) you believe many of the things you believe because someone that you trust said it to you or because you've seen examples with your own eyes. And I was kind of hinting at that earlier. So to replace the belief, the things I have found helpful and um, really most effective for this is to find someone telling you something differently that you believe. And if I said that, I'll jumble, my bad. You have to believe in the person who was telling you a different story. You have to trust them on some level and be able to say like, okay, I value what you say. And if you're saying this to me, at least a small part of me will believe it. You also have to find examples that support your new belief. And you will typically have to go out of your way to find those examples. Like I said, it doesn't just come easily because you've had like these these deep rooted money beliefs that you've been thinking since you were probably like two years old when maybe you saw your parents like open up an envelope of bills and sigh. And that told you, hey, when they get those bill envelopes or that credit card statement, they're not smiling when they get them. You have been seeing this stuff since before you really recognized it. So it's going to take a lot for you to step out of that realm. It's like inertia, you know, like there's some type of force because you've been believing this so long, it's so strong and it's keeping you in line. So you're going to have to take an even bigger force to push you out of this. Wow. Look at me bringing up Newton's laws and stuff. That's wild. I haven't thought about that man in years. Um, But anyway, you're going to have to step out of your way to find examples of what you actually want to believe. 
Something that has really helped me to find examples is to join different communities of people. So on one level, joining communities of people who are on the same journey as me, so we can kind of support each other as we change our beliefs together. Something else that has been really, really helpful is joining communities where my dreams and my reach is their standard, where they don't even question the things that I'm like dreaming of and my ideal life. That's their like norm because then it becomes, it, it is being treated as a norm. And I'm starting to relate to that idea a lot differently than I did before. I also want to add that a lot of the communities that I'm in, I pay for and because that's something I value, you know, being able to create my dream life, being able to rewrite the beliefs that are no longer productive for me in this stage of life. That is something that is extremely valuable to me. And so I'm willing to put my money towards those things. And because I put my money towards them, they reinforce it because now that you're putting money, you're placing value on it, especially when you believe that you you buy things or you, you put your money towards things that you value. And that's one of the money tools that we'll get into a little bit later. But whenever you believe that and you start putting your money towards things, um, you know, it, it raises the value. It puts it up on a pedestal for you. So you're able to believe it a little bit more easily and it, it just it just becomes more important for you. So changing your money story is honestly just an ongoing process of finding a new belief and reinforcing it. If you think it's hard to earn above a certain income level, surround yourself with people who are above that line, whether it's in person or online. Find examples, find representations of that new belief. And you might have to get creative here. I've heard of people doing things like watching shows like Gossip Girl and Real Housewives to familiarize themselves with wealth and like see like how people live. I will say for these things, be careful and be mindful because with each new level, you might develop new or different um, negative money beliefs. For example, if you if you familiarize yourself with money and wealth by watching Gossip Girl and Real Housewives, you might start to develop the belief that with money comes drama and family trouble and loneliness and just all this type of chaos. So you want to be mindful of what you're consuming. You should always be, even when you feel like, woof, nailed all my money beliefs, I've rewritten my story, you always need to be checking in and becoming current and familiar with your with your money story and your ideal money story it seems like a lot to manage it is I'm gonna be honest with you it's a lot to manage that's why I like to keep things really simple for myself you know I had a belief in the past like I said I couldn't save money and I thought that was just the rule I thought like Maya is not good with money Maya can't save money it's hard to save money in general it's not even just me it's everybody so I made it extremely easy for me to save money and difficult for me to spend what was supposed to be saved. I opened up an account at a credit union and I had my savings like just automatically deposited there with each paycheck. So I didn't know what I really, you know, after a while I kind of forgot what I was like, quote unquote, losing from my check. And to this day, I have never dipped into that account because I do not know how. I, off the top of my head, don't, like, I wouldn't be able to articulate to somebody, like, okay, you know, it's not as simple as I just transfer the money from, from this one to this one. It is, but it isn't. If you, if you know, then you know. The, you know, like, it wouldn't, if I needed to get into that money, I could, if I had an emergency, and that'd be okay, because that's what the money is for. I'm literally saving it for an emergency. 
Um, but until then, I don't need to know all the specificity. Ooh, did it again. All the all the steps in, in transferring the money. When I do need it, I'll be able to find it. But because I made it so simple and kind of non-negotiable to do the, the desired habit, it's happening. And I actually have an episode, if I remember, I'll link it in the show notes on how to make your good habits non-negotiable because that's been really helpful for me. And then I just, you know, I, I joined Facebook groups where people are going after goals that I didn't think people were really doing. Like I didn't know people were really paying off their student loans and, and paying off their car notes completely. I thought we just live with debt because that's how I always grew up. There was always some type of debt. There were always bills. I didn't realize that you could, you know, it was an option to just eliminate that for yourself. So I put myself in those communities and Facebook groups are typically free unless you're doing it like with a course or something. But I put myself in these communities so I could just familiarize myself with this happening in real time. And that's been so, so helpful. You know, sometimes it also just takes a leap of faith. I had a belief that I couldn't make above a certain income level in my business, but I really want to replace that thought because I really just wanted to start making some real money. You know, I was charging like $10 or no, it wasn't even $10. I think I was charging like $5 a month for gentler journaling. It was costing me money to do gentler journaling. And so I just had this idea of like, how are people like making enough revenue in business to not only support themselves, but to provide salaries for people to have whole like little mini economies. I'm charging $5 a month for like 20 people and it's costing me more to do the service than I'm bringing in. So I had to show myself that I, Maya Fleming, could actually make money in business. I knew some people were doing it, but for some reason I had this idea that I couldn't do it, that that self-care programs wouldn't create the type of revenue because I wasn't directly making people money or it wasn't something that they could hold. I just had all these negative and limiting beliefs around why I couldn't do it. So I had recently built a program. That's when I first started doing one-on-one coaching. I really didn't even promote it like that, you know? Um, But I told myself, I want to charge $2,000 for this. And I was like, girl, I know buy from the buy buy this for $2,000. So I was nervous. But when I had my first sales call and the moment came up for me to share the price, I said that it was $2,000 and my potential client over the phone, when I thought she was going to like just log out of the Zoom, I thought she was just like, oop, click. But no, she didn't. She nodded her head and said, okay, how do I sign up? And I later on that day received a notification from PayPal that so-and-so not only had signed up for my program, but had paid in full $2,000 when I thought I couldn't even make that much money ever. I had made in 30 minutes on that sales call more money in my business than I had ever made in my business up until that point. And that literally opened my eyes to like a whole new norm. Like it just broadened my horizon so much. It, it was just, it, it was, it, it was that, that raised the bar for me. That was my new, my new baseline. It would be irresponsible for me to, to tell stories like this without reminding you of all the other stuff that does go into it. For example, I had to make sure I had a program that was worth $2,000. I didn't just wake up one day and be like, you know what? I think I'm going to try telling her it was $2,000. No, 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 no. I had to research my client. I had to familiarize myself with my skill set and make sure I was able to do that. Then I had to get good at doing sales calls and researching how to do that. You know, I'd never really been in business before. And I also had to just find the roots and do the ongoing work of figuring out what my negative money beliefs were and really challenging them in uncomfortable ways. 
you know, with, with goals aside from business, I just had to, you know, sometimes it takes sacrifice. It takes being uncomfortable. Um, I had to say no to certain trips and outings and, and, and brunch dates. Just last week, I was in Target and had to let some things out of my cart because I did not actually need those cute Nintendo controllers. They weren't an actual real priority in this moment. It's not always easy and it's definitely not always fun, but it is 10 out of 10 worth it. So in case you're looking for a place to start with some money beliefs, we can go over the gentler money truths quickly. So the first one is money is not good or bad. Just like you wouldn't say a hammer is good or bad, money isn't. It's a tool. You can do good or bad things with it, but money in and of itself is not good or bad. You shouldn't you know, feel good just because there's money involved and money shouldn't just make you feel negative in any way. The second one is we are in control of our money. You get to decide what comes in, believe it or not. You get to decide what goes out, where it goes, all that kind of stuff. That is your decision. Number three, you bring value to those around you. We all have skills. We all have perspectives. We all have hobbies, ideas, all of that stuff that can be traded for financial and monetary value if need be. The fourth one is we must use money in ways that align with our goals and values. You have to be able to identify your priorities and have your money back that up. You have to understand your values, your social values and goals, all that kind of stuff, and put your money basically where your mouth is. And number five, you deserve everything you desire and you are worthy of it all. Like I said, your financial goals are going to take sacrifice. They're going to take planning, strategy, sometimes late nights and early mornings, uncomfortable situations and conversations. But as hard as they may be, you are more than worth it. And the more that you remind yourself of that, the easier that those things will become. So when you hear these money truths, if you feel like, oh my gosh, I am nowhere near there, there and believe in that, that's okay. Let these be your North Star. Um, and, and just be working towards feeling the, and, and sometimes it's not always an overall thing, you know, but when you come across a financial decision, check in with the money truths and just say, ask yourself, does this decision align with the new beliefs I'm trying to adopt for money? And if no, that's something to consider. Okay. So now it's time for our self-care homework. So let's talk about practical strategies to actually implement these money truths. First, I would love to see you make an executive decision and eliminate one regular expense that you have. You know, I'm sure I, I would be willing to bet money that you have some regular recurring expense that is non-essential. Let one of them go. Prove to yourself that you are in control of your money and let one of them go. Or bring in a new income stream. You could do that too. That's an alternative. You can let something go or you can bring something in because you are the boss over your money. Next, I want you to remind yourself or show yourself all the good things you can do with your money if you had more of it. So you could donate more. You could eat healthier. You could dress more like your aligned self. You could be more comfortable on your way to work. Whatever those things that make sense for you 
then then do that. And I'm not saying that you have to have women eat healthy or to dress like your aligned self, but if those things um, apply to you, then implement them. Next thing, think about a skill that could be monetized if need be. It could be a hobby that you like to do, like playing guitar, making earrings, or it could be something super specific, like answering emails for bloggers or something. Those are things I used to do in the past. So next, I would love for you to write down, and you, please don't feel like you have to sit down and do all these things at once. These are just ideas for you. Write down your top three values. Go through your bank app and ask yourself if those values, ooh, words, Maya. Ask yourself if those values are represented in your spending. And if not, what values are being represented? Remember to be honest here and to look at the complexities. Trying new foods and eating out and having positive experiences around food and dining, that's a value of mine. It's important to me. However, I wouldn't say that's being represented well with repeated McDonald's transactions. For more tips, I will have some things on the Gentler Instagram, so make sure you are following us there. I will have it in the show notes. Let's go ahead and close out this episode. Thank you all for listening. If you enjoyed this, then please give this episode a thumbs up. What is a thumbs up? That's for YouTube. Never mind. (laughs) Don't give this episode a thumbs up. Give it a rate and review in Apple Podcasts if you listen there. And you know what else would really help the show? If you shared it with a friend. If every person who listened to this sent the link to someone that they care about, or even better, a group chat, imagine where we could go. Imagine it. So go ahead and do that for me. Please, 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 please. Also, if you're looking for a good community to join that will make your dreams your new standard, Club Gentler is for you. We are going to be looking practically at building our dream lives. That's the basis. I was so tired of of the dream life conversation stopping and ending or starting and ending at manifestation and vision boards. I wanted to get my hands dirty and that's why I created Club Club Gentler so that we could all do that together because it is hard. It's more than just making a pretty Pinterest board and, and looking at it in the morning. That's a big part of it, but it's so much more than that. So if you are also looking for something like that, then Club Gentler is for you. You will get access to my new gratitude course to bi-weekly coaching and support calls where you can get coaching, like I said, and vent and be around friends, a private Facebook community where you can have more support, expert masterclasses, and more. I am so excited to see you there, especially if you join before November 15th, which is when we will go through a price increase. The link will be in the show notes. As always, I can't wait to talk to you guys again soon. I will see you later. Bye. Hello.